time. W-E-B-Y, Milton, Pensacola. here in Pensacola. I mean, I'm driving here to the station today. I got trees falling over, branches all over the interstate, leaves everywhere. A tree fell on my car while I was driving here. Really? My grandma's car, actually, on Scenic Highway. How, like a full-on tree or just like Like, you know, the really long branches and you're yeah. driving down Scenic and all of a sudden they just fall in front of your car and you're like, what part uh-oh. Of, what part of your car did it hit? The sunroof. <laughs> and then I looked up and there was just like a branch <laughs> A little bit well, of it got stuck on the sunroof. I was just driving with the tree on top. Didn't really know we were supposed to get this kind of storm coming in, but it was a, it was a crazy one. I'd say that. Um, welcome to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, thirteen thirty AM, nine nine one FM. Davis Allen not in studio today. He's on a little vacation mode. I'm going to check and see if he wants to call in later for about fifteen minutes or so to, to just talk a little sports. Got baseball going on. Baseball back in a full swing of things and. Love to see it. March Madness, we have a new national champion as, as Baylor upset Gonzaga and ruined their perfect season. Which, I cried a little bit. These are the things that make sports. I've always said this. The number one seed, it happens It happens every now and then, but the number one team never wins. It just never happens. See, I had a dream that I was at like the final game and Gonzaga won. So I had I just had this intuition that like I was predicting the future and I wasn't. Well, see the thing is it was in your dreams, not the real world. That's, That's true. Why. So. That's true. And you know, I've always said this. It's always been like my theory, which sometimes it's proven wrong. Like you know when Joe Burrow, you know goes fifteen and zero, and or you know Mac Jones maybe. But in college basketball, I know for a fact the number one team just never wins, and it's just it's kind of crazy. Um, one, it just might be the madness that every team has to endure of uh, playing, I believe, six straight games and having to win them all. Yeah, six. And so, you know, it's like... If you can watch the live stream and you just saw Justin count to six yeah, on I, his hands. I, 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 it goes 64, 60, 32, then it goes 16, Elite 8, Final 4, Championship. Six games, you got to play, you got to win them all, and you get the, you get the big old ring. Um. Yeah, Gonzaga. I, they just got outbeat. The guards of Baylor were just way too fast. It was just the, these guys were able to move out the court and they could just shoot out the gym. And Gonzaga just couldn't keep up with them. Also, it comes to the the fact that it's probably the first real team that Gonzaga 
had to play all season. I was, like, actually supposed to, like, be competitive with them ever since. I was scared in the UCLA game. We were all watching it at dinner. We had it on, like, four different phones down the table, and everyone was watching it, and we were, like, on edge. Well, UCLA, man, it's like that, that, was a, that was a true Cinderella, in my opinion. I don't care what Davis says. That team was not supposed to be there. That team was not supposed to cause that type of magic, and they did. They they brought it to Gonzaga, and, you know, they just came up just short. And that's the madness that is March. We're now in April, and April screams baseball. Apparently, it screams April showers today because... Yes, also that. Yeah. My Reds, six and one, six straight win- wins. You know, I didn't get the uh, number count on these past two games, but I do know in the first four, uh, you know, five games, 57 runs. And that is absolutely mind-boggling. These guys are playing out of their mind. They've beaten the Diamondbacks 2-0. And... You know, pitching didn't seem like it was going to all be there, but the hitting is. If we had the hitting that we have now, compared with the pitching that we could have had, that we had last year, we combine these two, this team probably gives a run to the Braves. They probably would have beat the Braves in that in that series, and they probably would have moved on to play the Dodgers eventually. Don't know what would have happened in that series, but with the hitting, the way they're hitting the ball now, is absolutely tremendous. Your Cardinals, Nolan Arenado. Yep. He had a. Curtin call his first ever home game over there in Bush Stadium. That was a good one. The fight with Yachty. That was a and, yeah. yeah. Nick uh, Nick Castellanos of yep. the Reds and the yeah. I mean, I don't ever believe someone's gonna ever step up on Yachty like that. But uh, well, he he yeah. literally quoted. I'm I'm looking at my phone after that game and I get a notification from Bleacher Report that says quote from Nick saying that guy could punch me in the face and I'd still ask him for an autograph because it's Yachty. You know, he just had his seventeenth. Um, game opening as catcher. Yeah. Like, he is legendary. He is, uh, for sure, going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, I'm Yachty. Wouldn't say he's the greatest catcher of all time. I've always been a big Johnny Bench guy. Those old style. I'm biased, though, because I'm a Cardinals fan. Yeah, so. I mean, Johnny Bench was a Red, yeah. so, you know, so I'm biased as well. You know, everyone's going to have their favorite catcher from, the, from their team. Catchers is just such a big part of the game, and Yachty, he just plays it so well. I mean... He is getting up there in age, and, like, catching takes a number on your knees. I caught in high school, and, like, I was walking around like a grandma, you know? Well, You're usually, like, um, when you get to this age, like, uh, David Ross, whenever he got to this age, you know, he... Starts to slow down. Yeah, he started to slow down. He wasn't he wasn't catching every game. I mean, Contreras was starting to fill in that spot for the Cubs, but and he, he would step in every now and then to catch, but... You know, it gets it gets you. You you can't really play it that much, and you know they'll either start DHing you, pinch hitting you, or they'll try and find you a different spot, like at first base usually, uh, because you're not as quick, you're not as effective. Yachty, I don't know how he still is, because in my opinion, he's built different. When it comes to baseball, the toughest position to be the play in an endurance amount of times is catcher. That's why we see in college so much when you see these double headers that. You're going to see multiple catchers use UWF. They use three. They use uh, Scordo. Sam Clement. Sam, yeah, Sam Clement. And um, I can't think of his name either. It's a hard name to say. It's like it's 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 Schwaz. Or like, I forgot how to say it. Um, no, Jack Shad. Jack Shad. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. That's who it is. 
yeah, they, we see that we see the trifecta of those three catchers. Sometimes they'll catch two games in a series, and one one just won't get used. But a lot of times, we'll see all three of them get worked throughout the series because they're playing three games within the span of two days, and you know it takes a toll on them. And, you know, it's uh, I like pitching. You really can't. I mean, it's not the exact same, but pitching, you you can really only pitch one game. Talking about pitching, what do you think I'm talking about? Hmm. What just happened that's very big in pitching? Oh, of course, Joe with a no-no. That was that was awesome. Fifty-three years for the Padres without a no-hitter. Throws one last night, and that was incredible to see. Um, it's usually at this time of year where it's like a pitcher that throws a no-no probably won't ever be that great of a pitcher for the rest of the season. It's just kind of like lightning struck here, and it was just kind of an incredible moment. Sometimes we'll get a good name like Scherzer or someone go deep into a game without letting up a hit, but usually we don't see these no-nos from those type of guys, but usually it's someone like a Joe, an average Joe pitcher. Throws a no-no. That's funny to say that because his name's Joe. Um, Me and Davis's Rays, we were doing so good, and one of my best friends is a Boston fan, and Boston had their worst start of a season since 48 and then they came and whooped us 11 to 2. And it was really depressing. Yeah. See, some teams that are also struggling are the Braves right now. They just got in the win column the other night uh, for the first time, which is like they're off to a slow it's not start. Normal. No, they're off to a, an extreme slow start. Uh, three and four they are now. But, man, it's uh, not been a strong start for the Braves. I'll say that. They've won. They've won their last three. They started 0-4 on the season. They won their last three. And, uh, yeah, right, they beat the Phillies 8-1 Friday. That was a, it was a good game. I, I checked it out for a little bit. Uh, Acuna, I think it was, a, it was 458 feet that he had, he had a home run last night, which is something that I always have just admired by Ronald Acuna's game is that he has the ability to do so much with his speed but also he has so much power, and he's a, his arm is tremendous. And so this guy has a combination that's very, very lethal. In my opinion, it's, it's MVP caliber. It's uh, something that Freddie Freeman stole from him last year, but, I mean, this guy was so close to having 40 stolen bases and 40 home runs in a season, and it's just like that's an incredible feat. You know, no, There's no one else in the league that's going to be able to do that. So, you know, that's why it's so tremendous seeing this type of talent being played. And Acuna, in my opinion, if not now, he already is uh, top 10 player, top five in the game. So, you know, you're going to start to see guys like Mookie Betts. They're going to start to fade off. Um, it's going to be, you know, you've seen this new generation with like Soto, Acuna, all these, all these younger guys starting to move up into their place. And, you know, these older guys are starting to find their age. They're going to, they hit their peak, and now they're hitting towards the backsides, and then these other guys on the climb up their hill to see what their success will be in the league. I'm excited. Uh, the Nationals are going to have a good one with Turner and Soto, and then you also have Acuna and Albies. Freddie Freeman, of course, you know, winning MVP. He's still pretty old, but winning MVP last year, great season for him and those 60 games that they had. I'm curious to see what happens this season. Uh Definitely will not have the same exact guys up here in the rankings when it comes to these awards just for the simple fact that, well, they've played 60 games. Me and Davis talked about it many times. It's 
these guys, it's, you're changing your entire workout and play style from endurance to sprint because you're playing. They only played 37 percent of the games that they played in a full season usually, and we're seeing it right now. Actually, Trevor Bauer, he's not the exact same. Trevor Bauer is being smacked hard. When he was with the Reds, he didn't because he was in a sprint mode where he was able to you know, go harder in all his outings, and that's why he was able to win Cy Young. He has to spread it out a little bit more with the Dodgers because we're playing 162 now, and Bauer's getting smacked. He's just he, he his first outing with the Dodgers, five straight hitless innings, and he just it it's just been bad since. Um, What's crazy to me is thinking about like players that we grew up watching, like. When I first got into baseball, I was watching Evan Longoria with the Rays, and that's long gone. I my, The first MLB jersey I ever had was a Pujols Cardinals jersey. That's very long gone. Thinking about the fact that these guys are getting kind of old, the ones that we like grew up mm-hmm. watching, is so weird because there's just so many new and young names coming in, which that's how time works, you know. But it's it's kind of sad seeing like our childhood players grow up. Well, it's like... Like, David Ortiz leaving was really big for me. I don't know why. I just had always watched him. It was, uh... And it just felt like... I felt like I was getting old because he was getting old. Jeter and Ortiz were two of mine. I wasn't a big David Wright guy or an Ichiro guy. You know, some people took those to heart because of the play styles. But Ortiz and Jeter, no doubt, were probably the two biggest that left, in my opinion, for me. Uh, Mariana Rivera... He was also a huge one. I remember watching the All-Star game and literally just getting all the players taking their hats off, standing up. It was it was incredible. Jeter, Jeter's farewell is easily by far my favorite because... That's an emotional one. Oh, it, yeah. extremely. I mean, it's the walk-off in his last home game in New York against the Orioles. That was a very cool experience. I watched that live. I also watched the beginning of that game where he almost went deep his first at-bat. He had a double off the wall. That was so cool. I was living in Las Vegas at the time, and I remember I had a game, and I was, like, so upset. I, I low key, like, I've always loved playing baseball, and I would never, ever want to miss a game, but I low-key wanted to miss that game just for the fact that it was Jeter's last one. I wanted to watch it all. At like, least you would have been missing baseball for baseball. Exactly, yeah. but the thing is, like, I have a game, you know. Yeah. It's like I got I to gotta focus on me, I guess. But uh, And after our game, you know, got to catch the end of Jeter's and – See him have that walk-off hit. It was really cool. And then a couple of days later, in his last ever game, he's playing at Fenway. You know, gets another single, and that was that was his farewell to baseball. It was a uh, Jeter had an impact on the game, where it's just a lot of people didn't like him because he was a Yankee, but you couldn't respect him as a player because like, you couldn't disrespect him as a player just because of what he did, how much he had accomplished, the three three thousand hits, the five rings. Jeter had that impact on the game, and I'll forever miss it. It was kind of like I always looked at Jeter as the Kobe of baseball. I was actually about to say that. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of people have made the the suggestion. I've been saying it since middle school. It's like Jeter's literally the Kobe of baseball. He stuck with his entire franchise for his entire career, won five rings with him, had all these all-stars. He had all these accomplishments, MVPs, these – major feats that he passed up and 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 list and record list you know he had all these feats just like kobe you know my parents have heard me say this a thousand times you know it's like he literally is the kobe of baseball and kobe is the jeter of basketball and because their their careers are completely different of course but very similar because of just how they were going about their career and also the fact of what they accomplished with the franchise that they stayed with their entire time there 
And also, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this. They didn't play college baseball. They just went straight to the league. Yep. So that was something that's uh, how you can compare them, I guess. But, you know, you have these new guys. Acuna, he's probably my top favorite right now just for the fact that he's just so much fun to watch. And he's so, so, so hard to pitch to. And his fielding is absolutely tremendous. That's why I love Acuna. Uh, I can't wait to see what he accomplishes in the league. Soto, he's getting better and better year in, year out. Uh, Mike Trout is still strong, though. I'll always say that. Mike Trout is very, very strong. Yeah. And uh, don't know how how much longer he's going to be able to ride it. I know he's going to have a fat contract for the rest of his life, though. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, can't complain about that when you're Mike Trout. Even though it's the Angels and they're going to waste your career. I do not care what anyone says. They're going to waste your career away. You're not getting a ring. You have Otani, Rendon, and Mike Trout there now. And they, are they going to go to the playoffs? Probably not. They don't have a bullpen. So the Angels, they waste careers. Baseball, it's got a new era coming in. It's got, And not just saying players-wise. It's just a new motive, new style. We, Me and Davis have talked about it many times where – the bat flip, you know, you know, the the screaming and hollering, you know, into your game, you know, just pretty much showboating, basically. I knew I grew up as a guy who didn't do it because of one, it just kind of was how I was raised, and also how my coaches at high school were like, we don't do that here, you know, we we play like we've been here before, which I was like, yeah, I like that mentality, but I also like the energy that playing with the bat flip and all this brings. I know Amir Garrett. The pitcher for the uh, Reds, he wanted he he said the words literally himself about the Reds. He says, "I want the entire league to think we're the cockiest team to ever play." And right now they're on six straight, and they're hitting homers, and they're just beating teams into the ground. And it's honestly a beautiful thing, and I love it. I love the energy because it's something that hasn't been shown in Cincinnati for a very long time. And yeah, and something that's not shown in baseball a lot because. These games get so strung far apart that you don't really get energy like this. But if it's because it's so hard to be consistent with it, because one loss or a couple losses here or there, it's gonna it kills your energy and it kind of sends it off. That's what the major leagues. It's so that's what's so tremendous about it is like it's just a long marathon of a season. And I've never really seen baseball as like the cocky sport. It's not. You know, it's like not. it's not. And both of us played growing up. You know, like. Heck, when it comes to bat flip, the only time anyone ever did that in high school, I used to get in trouble all the time because I would accidentally let go of my bat too hard and it would go towards the catcher, got thrown out of a few games for um, non-intentionally slinging my bat. But, like, I just, baseball is more like, baseball feels like a brotherhood versus, like, I don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Instead of, it's a team sport, but at the same time, it's also like very personal. It's, it's, it's extremely personal. It, it, it comes with manners and respect. It's a man's game, in my opinion, because, you know, if you do something that no that people aren't going to like, you pay for it. That's what comes up with middle finger down. You know, you know do you know what middle finger down is? I'm pretty sure. What do you think it is? Explain. So, middle finger down, which I'm not going to show it on the stream, but, you know, <laughs> middle finger down is like catcher gives his sign. And so, you know, you get one, twos, you know, the wiggly fingers for change up, you know, three for a curveball or off speed, this and that. You know, every, every catcher has a, their signs. Let's say you got a guy, it's like forfeiting, hits a homer, bat flips, he's going crazy, he's talking to the pitcher, this and that. 
Well, either the next at-bat for that team, meaning the guy who was on deck, when he comes up, or they're going to wait for another rotation of the lineup and wait for that guy to get back up to the plate, they're going to call middle finger down. Middle finger down means hit the guy. Okay, that's what I, yeah. yeah. It means hit him. And, you know, that's where that kind of, and that still plays a role in the game where if you disrespect people, you're going to get hit. And we see it year in, year out. There's it's some team that gets into it. And we saw it with Manny Machado and the Marlins a couple years back. You know, it, we'll see it. Every now and then. It's, I mean, Castellanos is fighting his suspension because he thinks they hit him on purpose. After, and then the whole home plate ordeal made it even worse. So yeah. they're getting fined. Everybody's getting fined, actually. It's, uh, it makes sense. I mean, because he got hit after he ran his mouth. So that's what, that literally is what, middle, I mean, it's how middle figure down works. You do something like that, you're expecting to be hit your next at bat. I mean, literally the odds of Vegas probably have that over 50% that that's going to happen, that he's getting hit his next at-bat. I mean, it's just how the game goes. It's a respect thing. But I I think the game, it's not – don't disrespect the other players. Don't disrespect the other team. Show yourself off, you know, and have high energy, bat flip, do this, do that. Just don't disrespect the other team or you will get into trouble. That's just how I – that's how I view the game is that I'm, I'm okay with. I've always – played professional i'll get pumped if something good happens i will never talk to to another team i won't even talk to the umpires because it's like that's i'm staying in my lane that's just how i always played the game um we're both non-confrontational people (laughs) oh on the on the baseball field it's just i i was my dad you know he he raised me my dad's extremely old school because you know he played way back and that's just how the game goes back then he it's the way he taught me I was taught small ball. I was never taught to hit for power or anything like that. I was taught small ball, and that's how I played the game because that's how games were won. UWF, that's why I love their system, the way they run that, that team. They don't have a lot of power on that team. They have guys who can hit it out. They have a good amount, actually, who can hit it out. But they don't have guys that hit for power. They hit for contact, and they they also play the button well, extremely well. I love watching their games. I love calling their games just for the fact that, you know, Coach Mike Jeffcoat, you know, he, he uses that button. Every game possible. There's a runner on first, one out, no out. He's gonna butt. I've seen him do it with two outs too. He'll he'll call for a bunt. I've seen him do it. With, he'll put it on with two strikes. You know, it's a. Uh, I love seeing that type of energy in baseball still because it's been pushed away where it's all about the home runs and this and that, and that's like the only category that matters. And it's just like no. There's a reason why this game was built to this to this point was off these off small ball and the way the game goes. It's yeah. baseball, not home run derby. Yes, exactly. And, you know, there's always the question and the theory, are the balls juiced in the MLB because uh, the home run count goes up and up every year. And I think we're on, what, four or five straight years now when we play a full season, not 60 games, that the we the total total league home run amount is, is broken every year. And so it's uh, – I wouldn't be surprised if the balls are juiced. <laughs> These balls, I mean, the seam. If you ever held MLB baseball, it's it's basically it's it's like a spear almost because the seams are so flat. Yeah, you know, when you go and you hold a middle school like a U Triple S A or a high school baseball, there's still seams. Like your fingers get caught up in the seams, so it's easier to throw. You know, it's easier to spin it. Well, in MLB, it's literally flat as can like as round and flat as can be. Like it's perfect. I love holding them, love throwing them too, but it's uh. Yeah, the, it would make sense for why the balls are juiced, though. I I think it's 
in a way, it, it sucks for pitchers, but also it makes the game a little bit more exciting, I guess. And like like you said, we see a lot more home runs. But I've also been always been a small ball guy. I don't know. Have you? I was a slap hitter. So, yeah, so yeah. that's small ball so and softball. Definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. – Yep. Yeah. Now, slap hitting and softball, yeah, that is like – pretty much just the same definition as just small what small ball can be because i mean there's bunts of course in softball but you know you also have the option of a slap hit as well so, i'm yeah. left-handed so mm-hmm. i actually yeah. taught myself how to slap because i didn't like bunting and like slapping is so fun i could spend like i would spend two hours after every game just practicing because it's just fun well usually it's only the it's only lefties that usually do it that yeah, slap, yeah. yeah yeah i know because of the advantage of being on the on the other side and of if plate. you're a right-handed batter you learn how to slap left-handed mm-hmm. yep. that's the only way you Yep, that is yeah. true. Yeah, I've always uh found that interesting, you know, watching Kelsey and Kaylee grow up playing. It's just like watching was just like I didn't really get it because I was just like, We can't do that, but it's like whatever, you know. But I would always try and do um I know growing up which once I got to high school I was I was I was coached out of it, which it's good because it was a bad habit, but I would always try and lay my butt down running out the box, which it's illegal. <laughs> and, and just a little. Uh, it's just like I like to try and get like get going like if it was an inside pitch, I try and just, you know, push it down third, just push, drop, take off. Like, that's kind of how I did it and be in motion. And, you know, it wouldn't work a lot just to the fact that oh, I'm running away from the plate and the ball's going towards the plate. You know, so it's kind of funny how I mentioned that. It's just like I learned the right way eventually. I'll say that. But, yeah, small ball is definitely the game I like to see. We don't see in the MLB, though. You, I mean, there's been so many times. Oh, I'll bring up this 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 moment. I don't remember when it was. It might have been last season or the season before, and it was one of the two. That I forget who was up, but he was a pull hitter. And when there's a pull hitter, they literally shift the infield to three guys on the first on on the first base side. So they put the shortstop over at second, put the second baseman, the outfield out the first baseman at his normal spot. They move the third baseman over to shortstop. And it's literally like, and then also I mentioned this: the pitcher was a righty, the hitter's a lefty. So when a pitcher's a righty, he's going to fall off towards the left side of the field. So as a lefty, why not push down the third baseline? There's no one there. The pitcher's falling away from that side of the field, and he still hits when the option's there. And I don't know if it's a pride thing because he's like, oh, you're, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's a, it's a worst thing because you had a, you know, you're, there's no one there. You know, no, that's not how the game goes. <laughs> no, that was, that, that, was, that was their option. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what they did. And so he doesn't lay down a button. He, gets in, he, he hits it, and he pulls it, and he gets out. It's like, why? It, it's, sometimes I feel like the integrity of the game, it, it's, it's gone down tremendously. I don't know if it's a golf breeze thing, but we were always bunt. Like every oh. person on that team, left, right, you were taught to bunt. And at some point in your career, it was called on you. Well, I know at Milton, it was it was it was it was something that we practiced defensively and offensively every day. Uh, every at bat in the cage, every at bat at BP, you're doing at least ten bunts. You know, each squeeze, uh, and they have to do a slash. Yeah, uh, was it squeeze, sacrifice, and um, a push, and then um, I forgot the other one that we always have to do. Um, my baseball knowledge. I've been out of the game for a little bit, so you know it's it's still not We're all old. there. <laughs> but you know, then you have to slash, and then you you take your your normal revs of pulling and hitting oppo, and that's basically how the game that's basically how the game goes. But in high school, 
it's still there tremendously because coaches love it because they know you're not going to have a bunch of power hitters in high school. You're going to have guys like me who are my size who they can hit for contact, but they also need you can use them as for, for bunting tremendously because of just one speed and then also the ability to just lay the ball down. But, yeah, and we are way over a break right now. So, yeah, you're listening to Sports Club, Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 991 FM. It's just me and Ren today. Davis on a vacation here on this uh, – not so beautiful day in Pensacola, but we'll be right back after we pay some bills. FM. I'm Justin Patrick. With me as always, Ren Deppy. Not with me as always, as we do have a phone caller. Caller, what's your name? This is Davis. Davis. Hey, Davis. How are you today, sir? Okay. I am doing very well. I guess I am on air. You are on air. You are on air. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's do this. All right. Well, what are we talking about so I can join in on the conversation? Well, we were actually just getting ready to start talking about the Masters. So you called out at the perfect time, sir. Hey, I showed up I, here on I'm, Thursday, and Davis was in a Masters polo and Masters socks while watching the Masters on a live stream. No surprise. He is ready. Yep. Yeah, yeah, my bosses are already very well aware that I take, I take the Masters very serious. So even though I'm supposed to do some work, the reality is that I have the Masters on and I'm not doing that much work. So, uh, And they should know that by at this point, that when I show up wearing Masters shirt and socks, not much is getting accomplished that day. I feel that tremendously as I literally just watched all day Thursday just the Masters. And we haven't really seen a breakout round, in my opinion. We haven't seen like someone just have like a really tremendous round that just left left the crowds. I mean, Justin Rose, he started off great his first round with seven under, but he hasn't done anything since. I mean, he's, he's if anything, he's just, he, he parred out yesterday. So he's pretty much still the same. Yeah, you know, he finished strong and he ha- he has the lead going into the third round. And I'll be very honest, because I've been on a boat all this morning, Currently, I'm in Crystal River. We've been swimming for manatees. Have not seen any manatees yet up to this point. No sea cows? I have not followed the Masters. So right now at this point, I don't really know what's going on, but it's early. So that means not much movement has happened at the bottom of the leaderboard. The top of the leaderboard is going to be teeing off in a couple of hours. So I'm, I'm guessing that Justin Rose is still leading at 700. And then you also have uh, uh, Del Torres who is the guy who is originally projected to be the miracle guy. That is like basically the Danny Willett of the tournament that could possibly win. And he is currently sitting at six under par, one shot off the lead. He birdied the last three holes of the round yesterday, and he is sitting himself in a very prime position. Now the big key is now that we're in moving day, will he sustain the success? That's what we're looking to see. Now you have Bubba Watson, who managed to shoot two, oh, two under yesterday. He's even for the tournament. He's probably t- teed off his third round up to this point. It's 11, it's 11.51 where you guys are. He's probably teed off at this point. 
I want to see what he can do on moving day because the fact that he is even par when the leader is at seven, it's the Masters. That means anything can happen. So I'm hoping Bubba can have himself a good day. But the big key is will Delatorres keep him uh, in a good spot? Is Justin Rose going to bounce back with a good day? Because he shot seven under on the first day. Then he came back with even, still with the lead. But is he going to maintain that success? He's been the runner-up twice. Looking for his first Masters. He's been a major winner before. He's been in this position. He can finish the job, but will he do it at the Masters? Those are some of the keys that we got to look out for today. Yeah, and you know, someone that you also mentioned being there, not far off Bubba, is Phil Mickelson, who's, you know, tied 30, 32nd as, as he's one over right now. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he's one under as well. Tommy Fleetwood, one under. And then you move over to Xander. He's three under. And then Tony Fee now uh, tied with Justin Thomas at four under as well. And you got Jordan Spieth, who his odds have just been climbing and climbing since two weeks ago for Spieth to have the chances of winning this thing. He's five under at fourth right now. Um, yeah, so we're looking at some good golf today. I mean, today is really what sets the, it's going to set the tone for tomorrow. Where will we be? This is where guys say, all right, Am I going to be competing for this for the jacket tomorrow, or am I going to be just playing another round of golf and just trying to have a good day and just you know get up in the leaderboards to make as much money as possible? That's what we'll be seeing today. The the people who have won the Masters before, people that are you know like like Jose Olafable, the guys who have been around for a long time who have won the Masters, the older guys, like this is the tournament where they can just relax, have fun, and play because they have the right to because they've won. That's not what uh, that's, that, that, that is not what these young guys need to be thinking. These young guys need to be going out there. You know, guys who haven't won before, like Bryson DeChambeau. You just mentioned him. You know, he's sitting at one hundred par. He he can very much win this tournament. But the issue is, it's the Masters. It's Augusta. This is a tournament where anything can happen. The shortest hitter, like Zach Johnson, is a good example where he can't hit the ball long, but he won in two thousand seven. And he hasn't won in a long time. He has won a major since, but he hasn't won the Masters since. He's a short hitter. I doubt he's not even in contention. I actually think he missed the cut. Like, I don't expect short hitters like him to make it. But I do want to bring in somebody who has been to the Masters, who is understanding of how everything works. Actually, I was going to bring in my brother, but since we're on a boat, he actually has to go set an anchor real quick. I was going to bring in my brother. As soon as he's free, I might bring him on so he can expertise he has been to the masters he understands the course he knows what it's about he hasn't played it but he's been around enough to where he understands how it lays out so if we can get his expertise in here in just a second we will but in the meantime what i love most about the masters is exactly this literally anybody can win it anybody can win it it's almost like any other tournament where if you just have a good day you can win this tournament so will Zalatoris is the guy that i'm looking at as a guy i want to win and also i want to throw this out there he looks and sounds like Owen Wilson. And then a guy, a, a press guy, was like, hey, by the way, in a press conference, did you know that you sound and look just like Owen Wilson? He was like, wow. Spot on. But in the meantime, though, I have my brother here. He's going to offer his expertise on the Masters, so I want to get his take. Matt, yeah, I've had him on the show many times in the past, especially during the Masters. What are your takes for the Masters? All right, so my take on the Masters right now, it's a pretty wide-open field. You've got some guys that haven't been there before. You've got some guys that have experience. You've got Justin Rose, who's a uh, previous U.S. Open winner. And you also have Jordan Spieth, only two shots out. He's a proven winner on this course. Uh, he should have won it three times, but Bubba Watson got him back in 2014, and he lost that in 2016. 
So I think Spieth has got a really good chance. He now also plays his course really well. Justin Thomas came on strong yesterday. Bogeyed 18, which doesn't really set well with a mindset, but you know what? He's a proven ball striker. He can hit the ball. He can hit spots in the greens. And I believe that's going to, what's going to take is these pin places today are really tough. They're on tight little spots. They're on little banks and everything. And the undulation of those greens are very unforgiving, especially when it comes to those greens. And so it's going to take a really good ball striker. And with a good ball striker, you need someone that can place shots on the golf course. So if you can hit your spots on the green, I think you can score really well. I like that take. I like that take a lot, actually, because it's how I view the game. But um, So going into today, who is more of probably the guy that's – I mean, Davis, you mentioned Bubba sitting at even. Actually, it's supposed to be rainy at the Masters today. Yeah, Bubba sitting at even. He can hit the ball over the place. Um, also, Finau can hit it really good. And Jordan Spieth, again, he can place those shots really, really well in those greens, and he knows those greens fairly well. Um, he's proven to show that he can hit hit target golf. Um, that's where you can hit you know, your spots all over the course, and you can hit him with precision. Um, he's been hot of lately, and uh, I believe Justin Rose as well. He's a didn't hit the ball great off the tee yesterday. Uh, kind of struggled there. Got it back on the back front on the back nine. He's actually 12 under on the back nine for this week. He's only five over on the front. That's been kind of like his Achilles' heels that front side. So if he can kind of maintain composure and kind of get that front side, I think he'll be okay. I don't think he will win, but I can see him finishing, absolutely finishing in the top three. I see. I, okay. I like that take, actually. Uh, so what I also wanted to ask this real quick. I ha, I'm not a huge golf guy like you and Davis. I know you're the biggest one out of the three of us, but um, – what is it? What is it that has made Jordan Spieth's odds climb so high? Because I know before, before the Masters, his his odds just kept climbing and climbing. What was it that kind of, you know, produced that? Like that made that happen? Well, Jordan went to a slump. He was having he um, was struggling with the putter, especially. He had the yips. He couldn't get his his ball striking down. Uh, bad timing issues when it came to his his swinging. Um, he's got to figure it out and just proven that he can finish and can play well through tournaments. Uh, played well at Pebble Beach, played well in Scottsdale at, at the Waste Management. Um, he won last week in, in San Antonio at the Texas Open. So at the beginning of the year, his odds weren't great. I think if they wanted to stay there, like 90 to 1 at one point. Um, so just keep playing, just keep finishing top five, and just keep proving that you're playing well. And if you can play some hot golf, especially going to this tournament where it's you need to be precise every single time, your odds are going to shoot way up the board. I like that. All right. Well, we are against the break in the top of the hour ID, and I'm pretty sure you probably know what that means. We got to go ahead and take a break. We got to let go of you guys. But uh, I appreciate you guys for calling in, you know, and also I want to just wish you a happy belated birthday, as I did see it was your birthday yesterday. So I just wanted to give you a shout-out for that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And I also saw the, uh, the uh, best man proposal from Davis towards you. So, yeah, that's really awesome to see that for you guys as well. But, uh, yeah, appreciate you for calling Thanks, in guys. and talking in. But, yeah, thank you. All right. Well, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're against the uh, top of the hour here. Listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN. Pensacola, 1330 AM, 981 FM. And we got the uh, outro playing in right now. It's uh, But, yeah, it's 1159 here, and we're going to come in. We're going to do I Like It. We're going to do a love it or hate it segment here between me and Ren. And we're going to still kick it in and have some fun.
This is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Pensacola's home for hometown sports. Your home to talk football. I'm proud of Red. We're still working through some kicks, but I'm proud of Red. You're doing great. You're getting better and better. You know, the the thing is, like... I do better when Davis is here. I don't know why. It just... I don't know. It's the thing is, like, me and Ren go way back. We are way too ADHD together. We're also very ADHD. And also, we don't have, like, the manager moment of, like, having Davis in here to, like, kind of control us. Anyways, you hear this music. Um, Go ahead and pod that down just a little bit more for me. And uh, you hear the music, you do, you gotta love or hate it. So, this is how we're gonna start off. I gotta do it where I can fit in within Ren's range, you know. And she, her strengths are baseball, and then a little bit of college basketball, I've learned. Thank you, Sunbelt. It's Sunbelt, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do it like this. All right, Gonzaga, they'll be in the same position as they were next year as they were as this season. I love it because I have to fulfill that. And also, I just really liked watching Gonzaga play. Like, I just, I liked their game and I liked watching them, genuinely. And I, Sunbelt was the first taste I had of basketball. I really have never watched basketball before then. And so, like, getting into it at Sunbelt, but then getting to watch up to, like, the final four, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, I actually really like watching basketball. You know what? I mean, it sucks so much, though, that App State won the tournament. And they didn't. And even, they didn't even actually play in the round of 64. They played in a like, playing game I'm and sad. lost. They, they played in a playing game and lost to Norfolk. And I'm literally just like. And for the record, I called App State winning, and Justin didn't. Just, just like to rub she, that one you, in there. You loved bringing that up. And we were up. on the court, or like right on the, for that game. Which that was an exciting game. Um, Michael Amonesi and Justin uh, Forrester, you know, absolutely shot out the gym that game. I loved watching that team. It was, it was, it was just, they had really good energy. Well, the thing is, it's like uh, the, their first half of the playing game, they just couldn't, they couldn't find the three ball. They were 0 for 18 in the first half of three. Went, moved to 0 and 20, and then they found their shot. They were down 16, then they were down 18, came back and took the lead by six in the second half, which was awesome. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is madness. This is March. Then lost on a, they, by literally just it was so close. Justin I was Forsen so excited for them to be there. Yep, it just, was. Uh, I mean, they were a 16 seed, so it's not like yeah, they were gonna win the next yeah. game anyways. It's like, come on. Um, which I was just like, dang, the disrespect. Like, the, you come, you come back and you win your whole conference tournament and you 16 seed. Bye, have fun. No, I was just like, dang, can't even give them like a, a 13, 14. Like, come on, like. Or Roberts is ranked higher? Like, come on. <laughs> what is that? Doesn't even make sense to me, man. I was just like, whatever. You know, the madness of March, it played it played out to be great because we saw Baylor, who no one had Baylor winning. Well, that means people had Baylor winning, of course, but everyone had Gonzaga, of course. Yeah. Just for the fact that they're undefeated. Jalen Suggs is balling out. But that I man, love it. he jumped on a table 
for a crowd celebration to some cardboard cutouts. Look, oh, look, all some right. cardboard cutouts. Look, look, look. That there was were, my favorite no, video. There, there, there was people, and there was people high, high up in the, in the stadium. Uh, from what I was told, I didn't see him, but all I saw him was screaming at cardboard cutouts. So yes, he, he was. Is, but I will say this: I love it as well because of the fact that hey, this team is under a great program and a great coach, and there's no reason why they won't be in the same spot come next year. Just because, one, their conference, the Western Conference, is very weak, and they're going to be on the top of that conference year in, year out. And everyone sees it. And so the recruits are going to go to Gonzaga. They have the facilities. If you haven't looked at their basketball facilities, super nice. Super, super nice. Love to see it. Um, let's move on to some baseball. Hmm. What can I fit in your range? Sir, I know everything about baseball. Oh, do you? Hmm. Let's say this one then. Um, Nolan Arenado will not be an all-star come the all-star break. I hate it. Why? I I just hate it, honestly. I didn't really keep up with him until me and you were talking about him last time we Mm -hmm. did the show by ourselves. Yep. I mean, the addition to the team is great. I yeah. hate it as well. I mean, there's no reason why he won't be an all-star. I think he fits in great. He's play, he seems to be playing ball the exact way he's been playing the entire time he was in Colorado. I see no reason why he won't be. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, whenever I say these statements, it's not my actual opinions. They're statements that you can say you love or you hate. Uh, to make it clarify, that's why we call it love or hate it. I'll throw out a wild statement. It's not a genius statement. I'll usually say sometimes. But it's because I hate it. But I'm just throwing out there it's a statement. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's what we love or hate it for this show. You know, usually we only do it for eight minutes. We do it at the end of the hour, every, every show, uh, end of the first hour because of the fact, uh, it's just how we end our first hour. And, you know, we were, we were surprised by Mr. Davis Allen giving us a call with his brother talking some golf, which can't complain about that. Uh, love to have it. Love to have Davis on, love to have his brother on as well, you know, my production brain got thrown off. Yeah, you know, I was ready for Island in the Sun right now. Yep. But it'll it'll be back. I everything promise. everything will be back. It's uh, I'll bring it back. <laughs> nothing about this show is uh, up to par on normalcy of what we usually do here. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of just chilling, just talking, uh, doing what we can, doing what we always do here every Saturday. You know, not the most beautiful day in Pensacola right now. The sun is definitely not shining. There's trees and leaves and branches all over the place from last night. And we had hail last night. I know. My mom woke up and called me and said, "I thought they were, I thought they were putting a driving range in my front yard because stuff was hitting my windows." My mom was worried because I stayed at a friend's last night. My mom was worried about the charger. I mean, I was just like. I was like, she's like, my car banged up? I was like, I think it's fine. I mean, I didn't see anything wrong with it. But I saw, like, a couple people's stories. There was one. It was, one. like, Chick-fil-A ice. Yeah. Like, that was what it looked like no, to me. Someone that I know, literally, um, it was in, it was in uh, Gulf Shores, right through the, their, their sunroof, shattered into the car because of the hail. I'm just like, oh, that's serious. I'm just like, one, that's a huge pain because one that's broken glass, that's something you got to repair. And then there's also ice and water damage now to your car because of what went in it after it was broken. I'm just like, that sucks so much. I don't know what's worse. Uh, I was uh, being rear-ended or that? Like, I really do can't decide. Well, it was pouring, and I was asleep, and I woke up to all my roommates being like, it's pouring. Like, it, there's a hurricane outside. I didn't know if I closed the sunroof all the way in the car. And I was, like, looking out the window. I was like, do I, do I risk it, or do I get blown away in this hurricane? And I risked it, and it was closed. 
But I got karma for that that branch hitting the sunroof this well, morning. Yeah. So yeah. Also, you question yourself on the sunroof just because I'm just like. I've never had a sunroof before, so this is new to me, um, and it's weird. <laughs> but like, is it closed all the way? Like the first time, like I is it closed? I don't know. It was the other night. Like ring gets the car, she goes, "Can you check and see if this is closed?" I'm like, "It's literally it- closed." <laughs> Like it's it's a sunroof, you know. It's I don't know. I've always like my family has always had cars that have sunroofs because my mom has always been a big sunroof girl. Yeah, like the only car that has never had a sunroof was the truck that I drive. Yeah, so like yeah, it's a truck. Not most trucks, like some trucks do, but not a lot of trucks don't have sunroofs, just because it's like not traditional, right? Would yeah. you say so? Unless you drive a 2021 GMC AT4, which that has makes 30 cameras and a sunroof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> That's totally within my budget, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. Well, actually. Hey, we um, love your truck. It's yeah. okay. No, my truck is awesome. It's comfortable, and it's big, and I love it, and I will never it complain about it. fits all of the portable radio things we need perfectly. That, There too. we go. I am literally the transfer Comrex, guy. Comrex, perfect. I mean, Sunbelt Weekend, that thing was trash for radio stuff. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ESPN table here, the koozies, like the Comrex. Everywhere. And I still have, I'll still find like a koozie under the sea or something every now and then. It's like Sunbelt, baby. That was. Sunbelt was a hoot. That was a movie. It <laughs> that was. That was awesome. Um, you know, Ren lived out her first ever media event. You know, yeah. got to watch her do her thing, trying to be Miss Next AJ Curry. Those of you who don't know AJ Curry is, honestly, She's just a badass. She is. I, she She is insane. She is the head of social media for NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, the players know her by name. That's really? how cool she is. Like, the players would be like, AJ, come take a picture of me. That is awesome to me. Like, I think that's insane. And she literally graduated with, like, a sports communication degree, like a minor degree. Yeah. I've DM'd her so many times. She, like, actually talks to me. She's awesome. She's so cool. I idolize her so much. Yeah. No, she is, uh, it's kind of cool seeing this because it's one, like, women in sports. I know, like, Ren, it's like, she's, like, it's a big role model to her. Like, you want to do that, but for baseball more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool to see her doing this. And it's, uh, yeah. I mean, AJ Curry, I would like to have that job, too. I mean, I'm not a big social media person. It's just you get to experience every moment. Like, they make you a part of every moment because they want you to capture that moment. Yeah. That's what's so cool about her job is just – they literally, like, the players interrupt her. The players know her by name because they know, hey, this is the girl who's getting all these moments that we do, all this cool stuff. Yeah. So let's run to her because then we, like, we get clout because. And hey. y'all know me. I'm that person who takes photo and video of everything that happens. Like, my whole life is documented, I swear. And what better way to do that but for baseball? Yeah, baseball would be fun. Um, the thing is, yeah. I figure like you'll probably start off with just you know a smaller team, you know, yeah. like a minor league team, move yeah. your way up like most people do. Yeah. You know, hey, the Wahoos. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal That's right the goal. there. Yeah. That's the next step in dev in the deputy duties. That's the next step in deputy the deputy duties. Yep. Yep. I created deputy duties, by the way. I don't care what anyone says. That was my invention. You but did. uh yep. So we're coming up against a break here. Just got done with love or hate it, talked a little bit about uh, well, you know, talked a little about everything. Mentioned Sunbelt, mentioned AJ Curry. We mentioned it all here, really. We're just chilling. We're just having a nice little talk. No Davis today. He's enjoying a nice little riverboat vacation over in Crystal River, so good for him. We're over here in, uh, well, not so pretty Pensacola today on Saturday, but can't complain. Still here. We made it. It's Saturday. We made it. We forgot to say it. Well, Davis, that's why I just said it. We said it now. It's usually a Davis thing, and I bounce in, and you just say, we made it. 
We did make it. Some trees didn't make it, Through though. that storm, we, we barely made Some it. Some trees didn't, though, that's for sure. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Sports Call, Dave's and Justin on ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Davis and Justin on ESPN, but to call at 1330 AM, 991-FM. I'm Justin Patrick. With me as always, intern Wren, not with me, Davis Allen. He's enjoying a vacation on the beach, and uh, yeah, you know, had a little chat with him earlier, and him and his brother, and uh, yeah, I know right now we might be experiencing some issues on the radio with uh, technical difficulties, trying to figure that out, to, trying to make some phone calls to figure it out, and uh We'll see what we can do about that. Uh, Will Kennedy's going to be joining us here in about eight minutes. So this is going to be a long talk here. We're just going to talk a little bit. Uh, well, Ren. I brought back Island in the Sun. Yeah. Just had to. It just It's not right if you don't. It's part of the show. Usually it's uh, played about 21 minutes ago. Every, uh, every time we hit the top of the second hour, we try and play it. But... Uh, Due to Dave's calling us, calling us at the uh, last segment of the first hour, we so we pushed back "Love It or Hate It" to the beginning of the f- second hour, and then we pushed back "Island in the Sun" as well. So can't complain about that. And uh, yeah. So Tiger. Yeah, Tiger. So Davis and I were sitting in here the day it happened, and this computer over here, this sorry TV over here pops up with a breaking news alert and you know if you heard Davis in his earlier segment he's a crazy golf person huge golf guy and we're like oh my gosh is Tiger alive like at this point all we knew was Tiger was in a crash you know all the speculations you know Tiger's history everyone's like oh he's on drugs he was drunk something of that sort are we gonna see another round of Tiger in rehab um and Recently, they have very, very recently, actually, they just came out with the reports that Tiger was going between 75 and 80 miles per hour, and the black box of the Genesis that he was driving, which was loaned to him through the tournament he was Mm -hmm. playing in, actually, um, he did not attempt to break. He just, off the road, just gone, and, you know, they had to pry him out with the jaws of life, which is like... If you know what that is, you know that that is bad. That's like firefighters are prying you out of a car, you know. And um, they just updated us that they got him to the hospital, and Tiger thought he was in Florida. He no longer remembered that he was in L.A., and he had no idea that the car crash had even happened. Um, Those speculations that he was under the influence of something, um, the firefighters and the police officers say they don't assume he was. they could not perform like a sobriety test because of the fact that he had a broken fibula, tibula, arm, everything. Apparently, when they found him, he was stuffing the airbag back into the steering wheel mm-hmm. after the accident, which I don't know why that's not funny. But at the same time, like, I don't think that would be my personal first instinct. I just yeah. flipped going 80. I do not think I would be stuffing the airbag yeah. back into the steering wheel. <laughs> But some updates on that because uh, they, they, there was a span there where we didn't know what was going on. It was just, you know. Well, that's usually what happens when something traumatic like that yeah. goes on. It was kind of like with Kobe. 
You know, everyone yeah. had that same uh, feeling, like, oh, my gosh, is this big wreck? Like, with, with the helicopter crash, it's like, we don't know what happened. All we know is that Kobe was on that plane. Yeah. Well, then we also found that there was also no survivors as well. <clears throat> and no surprise. But when you see that car crash with Tiger, you see the car, it's like, that, that doesn't look like something that someone's supposed to survive. No, yeah. That's Jaws of Life, exactly. You know, you're not supposed to be alive if you're getting prod out with the Jaws. We don't know if we'll ever see Tiger play golf again, which... He's missing the Masters. He is sad about it, too. He did come out, and I think that's one of his like most recent statements, was that he's sad that he is not at the Masters. Well, I mean... Which, if you know Tiger, you know he's been through it all. I mean, through and back. A couple of years ago, we literally saw the greatest comeback, in my opinion, in sports history. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome seeing that. You know, that's probably the most glued to a TV I've ever been when it comes to watching golf was watching Tiger come back. You know, speaking of golf, UWF men's golf, pretty solid. You know, top three in the country right now for D two, and like I said, Will Kennedy, he's joining us here in about. Oh, five minutes. Yep, five, four and a half, five minutes. Going to shoot him a call, and he's going to catch us up on all the UWF athletics and what goes on there. And well, we talk some baseball, softball. We can mention golf. Hey, we can even mention the cheer teams. They won a national championship yesterday, which was awesome to see. Always love seeing the university be represented in great ways, as we are students there, and you know, involved in the communication department there for both of us actually. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm a student ambassador. I get a. Uh, my job is just to brag about the school, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. My job with the school is, uh, well, calling play-by-play for baseball and softball whenever I'm needed. So, love doing it. It's honestly probably some of the most fun I ever had and still do have. Can't wait to do another broadcast with them soon whenever I am called upon. But, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go ahead and get Will Kennedy on the phone, and we ride right back to listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Davis and Justin on ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Got a very familiar, familiar voice when it comes to the program being on right now. Mr. Will Kennedy, the voice of UWF Athletics, joins us on the program. Will, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm riding out this storm, man. What, what an incredible morning. I'm still trying to kind of recover from it. Yeah. You know, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. It just I was saying I was at a friend's, and I, I look out the window and just going crazy we're all we're all awake and we're just watching it's like what's going on you know i drive to work here today on the interstate and you had to swerve out of the way of a tree that was like partially in the road i was like good night man we had we had a crazy one here in pensacola yeah so i think we had winds up to like 70 miles an hour earlier this morning so it's it's kind of been um you know strange last couple of days we've we've moved some events around at, at the university of west florida so softball with Montevallo coming in, we moved up to play a doubleheader yesterday, a single game today. That game has now been bounced back to a 4 o'clock start because of the rain this morning. And then baseball has moved their series to Sunday, doubleheader, single game on Monday. So 
a lot of weather-related kind of shifting around as both teams are, you know, we're in the stretch drive for baseball and softball trying to wrap up these seasons. Well, I was, you know, the exact reason why I wanted to have you on today was to really talk about baseball and softball and just how these two programs right now are really just playing some excellent ball right now, especially baseball, being ranked, what, 14th now in the country? You know, we're seeing some great ball come out of them. And, you know, I want to catch up because we had all – all the teams, you, they're coming off. Well, it was either two, it's either two or three straight uh, away game series for these two teams. Yeah, you know, we, we started the season with kind of this weird run where both teams were home for more than what was actually allotted in schedule because other other teams had to move series here back when we had all that severe winter weather across the South. Uh, you know, the previous month, and so. They got this stretch where it was like almost, you know, get used to playing at home, don't have to travel much, but then they did go out on the road. And you, you touched on it. Baseball's been fantastic. Yeah, top 10 in the country now, really rolling along. And some of the questions, and really the only questions were the pitching staff for Coach Mike Jeffcoat and the Argos coming into the season. They were returning eight outfield players from the previous season. And you have to kind of think back to last year, 2020, the team – Baseball team was really just starting to hit their stride when COVID shut everything down. So I think Coach Jeff Coat, Coach Kyle Brown really felt like that that was a team that could have been special. They bring a, a bunch of that back, lose some frontline starting pitching, but guys have stepped in. You know, Evan Floyd has been fantastic oh, yes. on the mound. He, first of all, he has just a tremendous beard, and there's a lot of power in that. But no, he's, he's, he's been pitching great, you know, and the rest of that staff has been good, and then the bats have just been on fire. And what I love about the baseball program at UWF is it's a, it's a wonderful mixture of local guys mixed in with some guys from around the state of Florida, and, and really they, they have been fantastic. And, you know, right now looking like, you know, the strongest team in the GSC, and, and you know, you, you hate to compare – back to 2011 and the national championship team, but this may be the best group that Mike Jeffcoat's had since that team. Well, you know, that's awesome to hear. I love to see it, but uh, um, something that I know that you're looking forward to, I'm looking forward to is the series versus Lee because, you know, Lee right now being a top three team in the country and then also being atop the GSC right now, that's going to be, it's going to be a great battle between these two teams to see what they bring. Yeah. You know, and to bring that in and have that, you know, in these last couple of weeks, uh, have that be a big series before the Gulf South Conference tournaments, which will come up and, you know, be in Homewood, Alabama, the Birmingham area, and kind of, you know, played centrally on a neutral site. And really, you know, you want to test yourself, and they've been great against, you know, the good teams in the league. They've done well against Valdosta, done well against Delta, the traditional powers. They struggle a little bit with shorter when they came in. So I think this is the perfect time to kind of test yourself against a team like Lee, as you mentioned, you know, top five type program before you get into that postseason because uh, you're only going to see the best once you get past the GSC and hopefully on into the regional play. Well, yeah, and, you know, the team, I will say this, the team doesn't have, you know, a lot of guys with great size. You know, there's not huge guys on the team. Um, you know, you have certain guys like Colin O'Shea, you know, he – probably one of the biggest guys on the team when it comes to height and when it comes to pitching we don't have you know these towering you know six four six five pitches that you'd usually see in a lot of other programs yeah we have guys who are maybe six one five ten five eleven you know six feet they're, they're pounding that area like evan floyd you know he still has great velocity for his size in my opinion you know he's able to sling it really well i've watched him pitch a couple of times of course calling their games and watching his series and he his movement on his balls is really tremendous and that's what i love about this team so much is that we have guys who hit the ball really well. You know, Jason Roberts, he started to find his stride at one point in the season in those last couple home games that we had before they went on the, went on the road. You know, and then and Wale, him coming back after, you know, his nine games of not playing, 
you know, him coming back, he, he looked great as well. And the team's getting better and better, and you, you love to see it. And something that I love about coach, uh, head coach Jeff Coates' program is just he mixes in small ball so well. And it's something that's, go, that's gone missing in the game of baseball, in my opinion, but he's brought, he, he, he keeps it alive with the way that bunting will always take place in any game possible because you see it with whether it's a guy like True Fontenot, Justin Dunham, or even uh, Devin Menhennett. You know, he works the bunny and they're, and they're speeding a lot. Even Miller Hancock, too. You know, he works in the bunny a lot. If it's Whether it's no outs, one outs, two outs, I've seen him use it in every situation possible. And, you know, you love to see that mentality brought back. You know, but it's also good to see that the bats have broken out. We're starting to see more power happen with this team. More home runs are starting to happen. Um, and, you know, it's good to see. We're not having, we don't have crazy amount of home runs every game, but we have a couple guys who, you know, they can get it out. As the weather warms up, the ball tends to start flying a little bit better. And I think, you know, we're kind of seeing that. And yeah, you touched on that top to bottom. And so when you're naming off all those different names and guys that can do a variety of different things at the plate, whatever's necessary to win a, a baseball game, that's the beauty of this team. That's the true strength of this team is top to bottom. So you think about the pitcher on the other side. I mean, he's not getting any rest because one to nine, one through nine for this Argo team is going to find a way to beat you, whether it's taking a walk, laying down that bunt for a hit, or popping the ball out of the park. And, and one name you, you hit there, Dylan Menhennett has really been, over the last couple of weeks, you know, the, the driver, the engine of this offense a little bit. The kid is hitting you know, an incredible clip, 381 for the season, leads the team in home runs leads the team in just about every offensive category. So, you know, you've you got that going through your lineup. And then you mentioned, you know, we, we talked about Evan Floyd, but it's been Ryan Brewer. It's been Tyler Dowdy, the big freshman, Sean Means out of the bullpen or starting. They've got some good depth. And, and really what is essential in the collegiate game when you're, when you're doing these three-game series, you know, you've got to have your starters be able to eat up some innings. And all these guys for the Argo team, the main three starters, they're able to go out there and give you five to seven innings maybe a little bit more if they're having a really good day. That really helps the bullpen, and guys in the bullpen kind of know what their roles are going to be, and it's really worked out. So this is a team I think that is, is finding themselves continuously. They've been good all year, and they continue to improve, which is what you want to see at this point of the season, is if they haven't plateaued, they can get better. Yeah, they can get better. And, you know, that's why I learned, because the first time I really ever watched the team play was the, the series versus Delta State that I called. And – the bats weren't hitting. They weren't. They weren't great at the time. They were still hitting the ball great, but pitching was doing phenomenal at the time. Uh, you still have guys like uh, Josh Pallett, and you also have Brendan Case come in. You know they can get get you saves and they get you innings as well. They're able to pitch about two, three innings each of them. And, you know they're able to shut down teams. And it, it's really good because we have a lot of starters that they can go five, six innings, which is really all you need from a starter. You don't need starters that go seven, eight, nine innings in a game with this team because we have the relievers that are able to come in and, you know, finish finish the game off and, you know, shut them down. Sometimes it doesn't go that way. You know, we've seen it a couple of times with a guy like uh, Joey Wozniak. Whenever he goes in, we've seen him struggle at times. He'll struggle to find the strike zone. But the thing is, what's so great about that is coach, uh, head coach Mike Jeffcoat, you know, he's a pitcher himself. So, you know, he knows – he, he keeps a very short leash on his pitchers. And that's what I love about his mentality, too, is that he plays that pitching mentality so well. And, you know, he, I've able to watch him play whenever I know it was versus in the Delta State Series. You, know, you see Joey Wozniak, he's struggling. You know, he I think it was four straight, four or five straight balls to start off his outing. And Coach 
head coach Mike Jeffco goes out there. You know, probably not the most brightest words you want to hear coming from your coach, but you know, it straightens it straightens you up as a pitcher. Yeah, you know, we we see that mentality, and sometimes it just needs to be said to you, and then. You, you find the strike zone pretty quickly after you hear a conversation like that with your coach. I Knowing for me as a pitcher, as I've had those conversations with some of my head coaches, you know, I like to see that mentality played because it's such it's the biggest part of the game in my opinion. Because defensively, if your pitching isn't there, you're not going to win games. It doesn't matter who you got in the field; you got to throw strikes. You better throw strikes for Mike Jeffco. Yeah, exactly. that, you know he's an old school guy, and that that's the key. And so you know Montevallo, three o'clock, six o'clock right now, weather permitting tomorrow for a doubleheader for baseball and then they'll play a single game one o'clock on Monday. You know, hopefully if the weather's good, man, come on out because as you're here and the guys talk about here, I mean, it's, it's fantastic to come watch great atmosphere, good baseball, as good as it gets in division two in the Gulf South conference. And then we're supposed to play. We've been trying to do this thing with spring Hill to play over at Hank Aaron stadium. Yeah. We were just Bay, looking Bay, at that. Yep. Yeah. Where the Bay bears used to play. So that's been moved. It was going to be Tuesday. It's been moved to Wednesday. I think it's going to be a double header on Wednesday you know, knock on wood somewhere because we, we need that to happen at some point. And then it's at West Georgia and then that Lee series you were talking about, April 30th, May 1st, coming back in here. You'll play that huge series right before the Gulf South Conference Tournament. So looking forward to that. And then softball, you got to touch on the ladies. Yeah, I mean, of course. We, we were worried yesterday that was there going to be any way we could get in, you know, this, the doubleheader we had scheduled with Montevallo yesterday, able to get both games in, and they really turned out to be – you know, kind of fun games, and, and you talk about bats getting going. It was great to see, you know, Jacqueline Poling, for example, the catcher, the senior catcher, has come back for another year of eligibility. She had a huge day yesterday. And, and you talk about balls flying out of the ballpark. This is a team for Coach Ashley McLean, McLean that can now, they're popping the ball out left and right. And so good to see them get rolling again. They had a tough road series. They went up and faced Valdosta and North Georgia, who I think are ranked second and third in the country and kind of struggled against that competition, and, and they're back on the winning foot again. And, they're, you know, they're a good softball team. The question is, can they get better before Gulf South Conference play and potentially NCAA play? Well, we know that softball has the pitching with Kelsey Sweat and Montana Young. Those two are absolutely phenomenal when it comes to seeing them uh, pitch. But I, you mentioned the, the power this team has. Compared to baseball, I mean, it's, of course, way different sports and, you know, and when it comes to mentioning power, but this team hits. And they, they hit it hard. I mean, we've seen it multiple times. I know we've seen back-to-back home runs happen with this team a couple times. And it's – I think you're probably seeing at least every other game, this team, someone's getting it out of the ballpark. And it's not just one person. You can It's it's scattered all throughout the lineup that these girls, they can just hit it out. They're, they're very, very strong. And you mentioned them you know, having those tough series because they were ranked at one point. And having those tough series is what kind of dropped them out of there. But there's still someone who's going to be able to compete. If, if their bats are going, no one, they're probably the toughest team to beat uh, offensively in the pitching it's phenomenal as well with these two pitchers and Montana Young. And then also, uh, I didn't even mention uh, Gracie Gilbert, but she's also great as well. Um, and then, you, of course, you have Kelsey Sweat, who's just the, the ace that she can be. And, you know, she's already been, already had a no-hitter earlier this year. <laughs> and then also this, you know, GSC Pitcher of the Week a couple times already. So it's great to have her, you know, pitching as well. And then, but also I wanted to mention um, the cheer team yesterday, you know. With, yeah. yeah. Oh, Absolutely. National champs. I know. Love to see that. Another another banner that we can probably hang up in that gym over there at UWF. Love to see it. And the cool thing is, I think that's the first like competition that they've ever mm-hmm. competed in of that of that caliber. They went down to Daytona and won the uh, NCA, which is the National Cheerleading Association, you know, like national championships. So congratulations to 
Brooks Elino and, and that crew for going off and, and pulling that off. And, you know, every, I mean, everything is rolling. I mean, we're talking baseball, softball, cheerleading. How about the men's golf team? I, wanted, I was getting ready to bring it up. Yeah, ranked number one. They're coming off winning the Argo Invitational over at Pensacola Country Club last uh, earlier during this week on Monday and Tuesday. I mean, they are rolling. They are, and, you know, Coach Steve Fell, who if you look at what the men's golf team here, the program has done, national champions, individual team. You know, he tells me before the season, their goal is to win the title. And here they are sitting number one as we're just a couple, you know, tournaments away from playing into the NCAAs. And so they are right where they want to be. And the women's team, Coach Kristen Dorsey, who's a Gulf Breeze product, played her college golf at Kansas State, uh, they've won a tournament this year. They finished runner-up a couple times. I think they finished fourth in their version of the Argo Invitational over at Tiger Point. But they are clicking on all cylinders. they got a strong team of, of girls, you know, one through five, and they're going to be competitive into the GSC and NCAAs as well. Those tournaments are coming up uh, just across in Alabama over at the Robert Jones Trail course over in Mobile. So it's going to be uh, busy for us the next couple weeks. But, man, you love to see this is what they do, right? I mean, you know, they go to school. Some of them work, they practice, they work out, they do all the strength and conditioning, and then they compete like nobody's business. I love being able to watch these student-athletes because they truly are student-athletes, do what they do, and, and have these opportunities to compete at the highest level. And, and, you know, softball this afternoon at four, looking forward to that, and then baseball. So, I mean, there's always something going on out of, under the trees at UWF. You know, I love it. I, you know, it's like this, these, this athletic program that UWF has right now. It's It's tremendous, you know. We haven't got to oh, see. I, I, yeah, we almost forgot tennis. Both tennis teams are top ten as well. Oh yeah. And they were supposed to play Friday, got moved around because of rain. They'll be going tomorrow too, and then I think a match on Monday. So there'll be tennis and baseball going on tomorrow out at the university. If you if you enjoy tennis, or even if you're not a huge tennis fan, come out and catch a match. It's really cool because there's matches going on all the courts out at the Ralph Skeeter Carson Tennis Complex, and you're going to get to hear a variety of different languages being spoken. Both the men's and women's teams, they cheer each other on. They really get into it. It's a fun vibe and atmosphere. Coach Derek Racine, who's won a multitude of national championships, he may have the grill out and be cooking out. It's like, you know, it's almost a, a kind of like a concert slash tennis event at the same time. Really, really cool to see. Yeah. You know, you mentioned baseball, softball, golf, tennis, you mentioned cheer now. And, but, you know, and we came and I know me and you. We're both just super, super excited for what comes in the fall. Haven't had to have you on yet. Got to have you on for, you know, after these spring games that the football team played. But I am absolutely pumped for what this season's going to hold, especially with the McNeese game. Because we haven't got to talk to you about the schedule yet, but the McNeese game, me and Davis are looking forward to it because it's it's going to oh, be a good one. Absolutely. We just got done putting together, um, and, and look for this on goargos.com because we'll, we'll post when it's, when it's going to air. But – with our, our broadcast partners on television over at Cox Sports TV. We just put together a spring football special, a uh, half-hour program, so that'll be airing here soon. It'll air through the summer as well. And, you know, we're talking a lot about what's going on this spring, but also these outside competitions, scrimmage slash practice versus Albany State that we had and one against Florida A&M over in Tallahassee a couple weeks ago. That's been really cool to see us play somebody else outside of our normal spring game that we had. But, yeah, looking at that schedule, McNeese State to open up on the road over in Louisiana. Week, you know, week three is going to be at Texas Commerce, mm-hmm. the 2017 champ that beat us in the national championship game. We've got Valdosta coming in to cap off the season. Coach Shinnick was telling me, you know, of our 11 opponents, five of them could potentially be playing at whatever level, FCS or Division II, 
in the postseason. So it doesn't get much stronger than that. The schedule's insane. Nice mix of home games and, you know, those road games we talked about. So, wow, it feels like it's been about 10 years since we've played at home or played any football. So looking forward to that coming up in the fall. I, I am absolutely pumped. Can't wait to cover it. Can't wait to, you know, work with you through it and, you know, see what we can produce when it comes to here with the station at ESPN Pensacola because, of course, you know, we are the flagship station yeah. for football here for UWF. And this is what I love about Coach Shinnick's mentality is that, he doesn't try and schedule like you'll see in you know in here you know the rumors that Nick Saban is scared. I don't I don't think it, but you know they won't schedule these hard teams. And but Coach Shinnick, you see it. He goes straight at it. He's he wants the best competition up against his team because he wants no doubt from these from the vote getters. I mean he wants to be the number one team and he wants to prove it and he wants to go beat them. And same with the same with his quarterback and Mr. Blonde Bomber himself. AR-14, Austin Reed, and you said it because you were at, at the FA, uh, FAMU uh, spring game. You know, he's, he's spinning the ball right now. Like he, he looks great, and he looks in great form right now. Best player on the field that day. Most days he is, you know, clearly probably going to be a contender for the Harlan Hill Award, which is the Division II version of the Heisman Trophy. And, you know, this, was, this game with McNeese was supposed to be, as Coach Shinnick will tell you, you know, the, the goal was in year six, we were going to play, you know, an FCS, a Division One, And, of course, we didn't get year five, so we still feel like we're in the right spot. We have a Division One win already. That was against North Alabama, but when that game was scheduled, they were still in the GSC and were a Division Two opponent. So this is the right time, and, we're, you know, you find out a lot about yourselves, and you're going to test yourself, and it is twofold. Yeah, Coach Shinnick's never going to shy away from competition. But the other thing is, I'm going to tell you, guys, it is hard to find opponents. Nobody wants to play the University of West Florida at the Division II level. And, frankly, there's a few FCSs that really don't want to get in the mix because they've got a lot to lose against a D2 opponent. So, um, you know, you you got to fill out your schedule with what you can get. In a lot of cases, it, it's going to be against the toughest because, you know, Texas Commerce, for example, same situation. Nobody wants to play Texas Commerce. So guess what? We've got a series with them. We'll go and visit them. Uh, this year, they'll come here next year. We were supposed to have them, of course, in 2020, but that got moved around. So, yeah, you're going to get to see some of the best football games. You know, the, the defending, the last three national champs will all be on display, you know, either on the road or at home in, in this UWF schedule. I, I cannot wait. And, you know, we're going to go into the season ranked number one. Expectations are going to be high, but I think this group is ready for that. Yeah, I think they're ready. And it seems like everywhere in athletics, you know, UWF is just getting better and better and just rising in the rankings, and you, you'd love to see it here in Pensacola because it just shows that this the athletic department here, I mean, it's a great education system that UWF produces, but also the athletics, is, they're very entertaining, and they're very strong as well. The coaching here, they're really just not shy away from being just nothing but excellent. And so, you know, it's great to see that, you know. I can't wait to see what happens with baseball and softball, though. That's uh, Right now, that that's the main focus for me. Ten national championships, 100-plus conference titles. I mean, it doesn't get much better than University of West Florida athletics at this level. And obviously the goal is always to be in contention for titles at the conference and national level, plus developing, you know, the best student athletes. You know, we building champions for life is the phrase, and, and that's really what it's all about. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this afternoon and pumped for baseball tomorrow, and it's, it's going to be – 
going to be good to watch the stretch run for both of those teams. Yeah, it's going to be good to watch and see what happens here towards the end of the season, you know. And, well, you'll, of course, you'll always be out there at the fork and the spoon, you know, watching these games unfold and see what happens there. And, you know, I try and get out there whenever I can. And, you know, anytime I ever need it for a broadcast, I'm always up to do yes, that, absolutely. of course. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate yeah. you doing that. Yeah, man, I love we doing need to get, it. We need to get a – I heard her voice here saying we need to get Ren Deputy on a broadcast. Yes. I'm here and I'm ready. She's ready. We, need, we need to make that spoon, happen. So. Yeah, she, we need to have you bring that inside in. So. From a different perspective. Yep. That'd be great. Well, you know, add it to the list of the deputy duties, Ren, but Will Kennedy, always appreciate you having you on, the voice at UWF Athletics. You know, appreciate you for coming on and, you know, talking some athletics with us when it comes to UWF. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Give me a call. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Will Kennedy, the voice of UWF Athletics. We're going to have to take a quick break here. You're listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. <laughs> This is probably one of my top ten favorite bumper music songs, Ren. I love that. It's on the Radio with Ren bumper box. I love playlist. it. This is a great one. Good one. I like Thank that you. one. Thank you. That is probably that's always been one of my top ten favorites. I would probably play it at least four times a week when I would was producer for News Radio ninety two three for the afternoon show. Bobby, you know, he was fine with hearing it, and you know, so I, I played it as much as possible because it's just like it's kind of like can't stop. It's just like it just puts you in a certain vibe, you know, kind of like it just it sets a mood. I love it. Isn't that the song where they're running away from the dog in, like, Sandlot? Yeah. And, like, that's exactly what preys in my brain. It, I love it. Yep. Johnny Be Good. Love that song, man. It's, uh, it's a good one. But, all right, so we got, what, what three minutes left here? Two? I don't know. It, it's, it's been a been an interesting show. Been thrown all around, on the mic, off mic, technical difficulties here, technical difficulties there. It's, like, it's part of radio. Hurricane you know? outside. Uh. Yeah, Davis surprised a call with us, you know. Then we had Will Kennedy on. That went smooth. That was good. Probably the best part of the show. And then, you know, Davis, you know, that to change things up a little bit. But, hey, that's part of radio. And uh, that's part of, uh, you know, Ren and learning. Deputy duties. Got to learn the adversity. You got to learn that radio will never always go as planned. You will be throwing all sorts of things. How you react to them is what makes you a good producer. And, you know, you're still new. You're still learning. You're still learning a lot. But the main key is don't panic. You panic, you're done. You're, not, you're, you're It's not good. Just don't panic and you're there. Just stay calm because you know what? Here's how I've always viewed it. If you panic, you're going to get to your, your goal slower. If you calm down and just take it a step at a time, focus on what you need to do, say, hey, I need to do this, I need to do that, you get to your goal quicker, you get back on there. Better? You know, that's, how, that's how I've always viewed it. Just don't panic. Because some people, I've seen... Some people panic. I don't think I panic. No, you don't. You, you don't. Only occasionally when you jump in front of me and I'm like up here against the sports well, sometimes, drive sign. Sometimes and all stuff's it going just on. has to be that way to avoid dead air. That's always the number one goal as for me as a producer is avoid dead air. Yes. That's that's that should be your, your number one goal as well. Because yes. you want to keep us on air. You want to make sure that we're flowing smoothly. So that's always the number one goal. Make sure there's something always playing through that programming pod, you know. And here we are, we're just talking radio, and the people listen have no idea. Yeah, this is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Sports caller Davis and Justin. Davis not with us. It's just me and Ren today. Just talking on the mic. Only about a minute left here in the show. But, yeah, you know, fun doing it with you. you know? uh, not a pretty day here, but uh, we had a concert to go watch here later today. We do. We're driving to uh, Tugaville, Alabama, coming back tomorrow. Yep. Justin's probably going to work. I'm going to be at the Spoon watching baseball. With uh, Will Kennedy, and we'll be back out there Monday at the Spoon as well. Yep, yeah, a lot of Red Bull will be uh, 
taken in. To a lot of Red Bull and a lot of baseball. Yep. Yep. Can't complain. I mean, that's a good system. I like that one. A lot of Red Bull, a lot of baseball. Put that on a t-shirt. If it involves baseball, I'm there. Yeah. If it involves Red Bull, I'm there. Pleasure as always doing it with you. Appreciate you. Davis, we missed you. Davis, can't wait to have you back next weekend. Talk baseball, have everything going back smooth as can be. Brent, a pleasure. But enjoy the rest of our day. You've been listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin right here on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 991 FM.